an occasional invitation. It may be inquired in what capacity Miss Arabella Mason remained at the hall. She was not a servant, for her position in life was above that of a menial. Neither was she received altogether in the saloon, as she was of too humble a grade to mix with gentry and nobility. She was therefore betwixt and between, a sort of humble companion in the drawing-room, a cut above the housekeeper in the still-room, a fetcher and carrier of the Honourable Spinster's wishes, a sort of link between the aristocratic old dame and her male attendants, towards whom she had a sort of old maidish aversion. However this position might be found useful to her mistress, it must be admitted that it was a most unfortunate position for a young, thoughtless, and very pretty girl, moreover, who was naturally very lively, very smart in repartee, and very fond of being admired. As the Honourable Captain Delmar was very constant in his visits to his aunt, it was but natural that he should pay some little attention to her humble companion. By degrees the intimacy increased, and at last there were reports in the servants' hall that the Captain and Miss Bella Mason had been seen together in the Evergreen Walk, and as the Captain's visits were continually repeated during the space of two years, so did the scandal increase, and people became more ill-natured. It was now seen that Miss Bella had been very often found in tears, and the old butler and the older housekeeper shook their heads at each other like responsive mandarins. The only person who was ignorant of the scandal afloat was the old lady spinster herself. I must now introduce another personage. The Honourable Captain Delmar did not, of course, travel without his valet, and this important personage had been selected out of the Marine Corps which had been drafted into the frigate. Benjamin Keane, for such was his name, was certainly endowed with several qualities which were indispensable in a valet. He was very clean in his person, very respectful in his deportment, and, after the Sovereign of Great Britain, looked upon the Honourable Captain Delmar as the greatest person in the world. Moreover, Benjamin Keane, although only a private marine, was, without exception, one of the handsomest men that ever was seen, and, being equally as well made and well drilled as he was handsome in person, he was the admiration of all the young women. But nature, who delights in a drawback, had contrived to leave him almost without brains, and further he was wholly uneducated, for he was too stupid to learn. His faculties were just sufficient to enable him, by constant drilling, to be perfect in the manual exercise, and mechanically to perform his duties as a valet. Ben always accompanied his master to the hall, where the former was at one and the same time the admiration and laughter of all the servants. It hardly need be observed that the clever and sprightly Miss Arabella Mason considered Ben as one much beneath her, that is, she did so on his first arrival at Madeleine Hall, but, strange to say, that two years afterwards, just at the time that reports had been raised that she had been frequently discovered in tears, there was a change in her manner towards him. Indeed, some people insinuated that she was setting her cap at the handsome marine. This idea, it is true, was ridiculed by the majority, but still the intimacy appeared rapidly to increase. It was afterwards asserted, by those who find out everything after it has taken place, 
that Ben would never have ventured to look up to such an unequal match had he not been prompted to it by his master, who actually proposed that he should marry the girl. That such was the fact is undoubted, although they knew it not, and Ben, who considered the wish of his captain as tantamount to an order, as soon as he could comprehend what his captain required of him, stood up erect and raised his hand with a flourish to his head in token of his obedience. Shortly afterwards, Captain Delmar again came over to Madeleine Hall, accompanied as usual by Ben, and the second day after their arrival, it was made known to all whom it might concern that Miss Arabella Mason had actually contracted a secret marriage with the handsome Benjamin Keene. Of course, the last person made acquainted with this interesting intelligence was the Honourable Miss Delmar, and her nephew took upon himself to make the communication. At first the Honourable Spinster bridled up with indignation, wondered at the girl's indelicacy, and much more at her demeaning herself by marrying a private marine. Captain Delmar replied that it was true that Ben was only a private, but that every common soldier was a gentleman by profession. It was true that Bella Mason might have done better, but she was his aunt's servant, and Keene was his valet, so that the disparity was not so very great. He then intimated that he had long perceived the growing attachment, talked of the danger of young people being left so much together, hinted about opportunity, and descanted upon morals and propriety. The Honourable Miss Delmar was softened down by the dexterous reasoning of her nephew. She was delighted to find so much virtue extant in a sailor, and, after an hour's conversation, the married couple were sent for, graciously pardoned, and Mrs. Keene, after receiving a very tedious lecture, received a very handsome present. But if her mistress was appeased, Mrs. Keene's mother was not. As soon as the intelligence was received, old Mrs. Mason set off for Madeleine Hall. She first had a closeted interview with her daughter, and then with Captain Delmar, and as soon as the latter was over she immediately took her departure, without paying her respects to the mistress of the hall, or exchanging one word with any of the servants. This conduct gave occasion to more innuendos. Some, indeed, ascribed her conduct to mortification at her daughter's having made so imprudent a match, but others exchanged very significant glances. Three weeks after the marriage, Parliament having been prorogued, the Admiral of the Port considered that he was justified in ordering the frigate out on a cruise. Ben Keene, of course, accompanied his master, and it was not until three months had passed away that the frigate returned into port. As usual, the Honourable Captain Delmar, as soon as he had paid his respects to the Admiral, set off to visit his aunt, accompanied by his Benedict Marine. On his arrival he found that everything appeared to be in great confusion. Indeed, an event was occurring which had astonished the whole household. The butler made a profound bow to the Captain. The footmen forgot their usual smirk when he alighted. Captain Delmar was ushered in solemn silence into the drawing-room, and his aunt, who had notice of his arrival, received him with a stiff, prim air of unwanted frigidity, with her arms crossed before her on her white muslin apron. "'My dear aunt,' said Captain Delmar, as she coldly took his proffered hand, "'what is the matter?' 
"'The matter is this, nephew,' replied the old lady. "'That marriage of your Marine and Bella Mason "'should have taken place six months sooner than it did. "'This is a wicked world, nephew, and sailors, I'm afraid, are "'Marines, you should say, in this instance, my dear aunt,' "'replied Captain Delmar insinuatingly. "'I must confess that neither sailors nor Marines "'are quite so strict as they ought to be. "'However, Ben has married her.' "'Come, my dear aunt, allow me to plead for them. "'Although I am very much distressed "'that such an event should take place in your house, "'I think,' added he, after a pause, "'I shall give Mr. Keene seven dozen of the gangway "'for his presumption, as soon as I return on board.' "'That won't mend the matter, nephew,' replied Miss Delmar. "'I'll turn her out of the house as soon as she can be moved. "'And I'll flog him as soon as I get him on board,' rejoined the captain. I will not have your feelings shocked and your mind harassed in this way by any impropriety on the part of my followers. Most infamous, shameful, abominable, unpardonable, interjected the captain, walking the quarter-deck up and down the room. The Honourable Miss Delmar continued to talk, and the Honourable Captain to agree with her in all she said, for an hour at least. When people are allowed to give vent to their indignation without the smallest opposition, they soon talk it away. Such was the case with the Honourable Miss Delmer. When it was first announced that Bella Keene was safely in bed with a fine boy, the offended spinster turned away from the communication with horror. When her own maid ventured to remark that it was a lovely baby, she was ordered to hold her tongue. She would not see the suffering mother and the horrid marine was commanded to stay in the kitchen, lest she should be contaminated by meeting him on the stairs. But every day...